Welcome to 2-Bit Encryption, the officially unofficial podcast for Mr. Robot on USA. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 2, titled Payment Required. If you've been following along with uh, the development of HTML, you know, these are status codes. Payment Required, any any takes on that this week? Uh, there's a lot of talk about what price Elliot will have to pay, what cost. He has to pay what, the Philip price. What toll, uh, emotional tolls, uh, the uh, tolls to, to and favors that he owes to Philip. Um, I'm guessing that they're playing with that. Okay. And also e-coin hacking, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty good guess. Uh, the price of a safety deposit box actually mm. is too high. It's too damn high. Yeah, to, way to keep too it open for three years. <laughs> All right, I'm just being an idiot. Let's get into. What do you think of this episode? Uh, so it's interesting. I was pretty peeved by the opening exposition. Mm. Uh, pretty late in the game the to just drop, screwed. drop uh, the the uh, the a whole new level of conspiracy mm-hmm. um, on things, and also the fact of yeah. it is it's like. It also didn't move the ball very far forward. Like it's Matt still maddeningly refer he refuses to talk about what White Rose is trying to no do. No follow up questions from Elliot. No, like yeah. she's got this billion dollar machine. What's its purpose? She's got this product she's shipping mm-hmm. out of the Congo. What's it's doing? Like you know, uh, it, but whatever. Um, <laughs> after that, I thought the episode was pretty good. It was intri- intriguing. It. Um, I don't know. It did that one thing that, like, they. I feel like a lot of fictional shows do, where whenever the the children of a problematic parent have to confront their death, there's this pressure to kind of like, you know, f- put some kind of meaning or nuance uh, on onto it. Um, and then when you got to the end of the episode, boy, uh, I hope because because I've 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 read the interviews and the podcast and Esmail's talking the game like this is all planned. This mm-hmm. is all baked in from the beginning. Yep. And I and 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 on re- rewatches, it's going to make like you know that kind of sixth sense. Like, of course, uh, you know Bruce Willis is a ghost, but mm-hmm. you know that that that. And I have faith. I have faith. You know, I do too. I do too, man. I think this it's is just a... so audacious. Yeah. The idea. I, but I think he's going for something very big and very different from a lot of other shows. Maybe he can nail it. We'll see. The fact that he could hide this third persona um, in plain sight from the beginning, uh, from, from the very beginning, since season one, if, if this actually does make uh, connect back and no one has ever smoked it out, but it's obvious in retrospect, it might be one of the best television magic tricks I've ever seen played. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's been some curveballs here and there, but like one set from the very beginning and four years on, whew, whew, that's pretty rarefied air, Esmail. Yeah, man. I I don't know. It was definitely a bombshell he drops at the end of this. The jail reveal one. was a sacrificial lamb that he had to put up there to make yeah. us feel smart and the the take the pressure off of the and the heavy lifting. It. He's saying it's, like the the you know this is one of the things the internet hasn't really like talked about yet. So now he's say he is he is setting the, the degree of difficulty for what he's trying to do is pretty high, and he's talking <laughs> yeah. he's talking mad game. If, if, he, if, if he doesn't have this, I, I, that's why I'm saying like not only have I gotten a lot of confidence in Sam Esmail's storytelling over the last few years, uh, I just think that there's no way he'd say this shit if he didn't have something to back it up. Yeah, I would hope not. Um... I think you know his his storytelling is interesting. It's certainly his own flavor of storytelling, and I think there are some things I like 
about it and some things I don't. Um, but it came about in an era where you had to look at the internet and how it was interacting with television and changing the way that people wrote television. Mm-hmm. And I think he's trying to play with that a little bit. Really? Um, yeah. And we'll talk about it when we get to some of the theories, because there are so many fucking theories. I, I don't know that I actually saw anybody talking about anything other than who's the other one. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple of things around the edges, but I think yeah. it, it could even be where this is camouflage for something else that's going on because I didn't see anybody talking about what's in the safety deposit box. Uh, I I haven't seen anybody talking about anything except for the big mystery. Yeah, and there's there's definitely some ARG, these um, alternative or augmented reality games. Like this week, there's one involving the GPS uh, locator software that Angela that signal ex- sorry yeah. Darlene extend uh, uh, exchanges with uh, Elliot um, uh-huh. I saw some people like seeing like the first like the preliminary steps of un- un- of uh, unwrapping that puzzle but I don't know maybe uh, in previous seasons the ARGs are very easy to beat like it seemed like at the day or two Reddit had it all figured out this season feels like it's harder hmm. Like maybe they've gone too hard. Maybe it's like, uh, do you, are you aware of that like uh, cryptographic puzzle that's outside the CIA headquarters? Like oh, some kind yeah, of statute. Yeah. It's got like six different codes, and only like three have been broken. Uh-huh. Or still like one or two. Uh, I, I may, maybe it's like one of those things where the ARGs are just way too hard to beat now. So people are focusing on the third personality. But that's the. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's where you should focus your time on. I mean, that's the big. Mm-hmm. That's the big reveal. Yeah, to me, it's more interesting than the you know sort of Easter eggy uh, ARG stuff they're doing. Right, because they're it, you which know, is here, cool, but no, it's super cool, and I'm relevant. glad they're doing it. But like, there's no way Sam is going to reveal through the game a plot point before hmm. he reveals it on film. There's no fucking way. Maybe who knows? Who yeah. knows? He's a he's a quirky, uh, eccentric guy. He is a quirky, eccentric. When it comes guy. to storytelling. Uh, before we continue the podcast, a little bit of bald move housekeeping. Last Friday, Netflix released a Vince Gilligan directed and written El Camino, a little Breaking Bad epilogue for one Jesse Pinkman. As you probably know, we have every single second of Breaking Bad footage podcasted for posterity. So, you know, we had to gear up for one last ride with Jesse. That podcast dropped this Monday. So if you're jonesing for some of that old school Breaking Bad meth, give it a snort or a smoke, you know, whatever. Over on Pickle Me This, we're hard on the Rick and Morty Season 3 grind we release every Tuesday. This week, we're talking rest and Rick laxation with the author of The Science of Rick and Morty, Matt Brady. Check it out. The American Horror Story Season 9, 1984 season continues. Cecily and I are covering that. It's honestly on an epic, uh, unprecedented run of awesomeness. If you like 1980 slasher uh films if you have nostalgia for 80s horror i really encourage you to check it out the great thing about american horror is you can just jump in whenever because it's all uh it's all an anthology so if that sounds like a good time check that out on the american horror story podcast feed jim and i are also breaking down the deuce david simon's love letter to 70s and 80s pornography not really uh it's it's like the wires is love letter to the baltimore drug trade uh, anyway, we're covering that final season. Every episode's released, released on Wednesday. It's an amazing television show. Cecil and I are also doing this thing we call the Cinematic Spooktacular over on the Bald Movies feed. Uh, this is the third one that we've done. Uh, we're subtitling it The Search for Spook. We had the first one drop last week. Another one will come out on October 20th. And then the final one, October 30th, Halloween Eve. On the Bald Movies feed, we're also covering Zombieland 2 Double Tap this week. 
And finally, we have a new feature. We just crossed a major milestone. Five years of lunches with Jim and Aaron for our club members. And to celebrate every Thursday, we're releasing a lunch out of that archive for free to the public, which we're calling Lunch with Jim and Aaron Reheated. If you've ever been curious about what a lunch is all about, check it out. Plus, it's a fun little window in Bald Move history. I used to have hair, kind of, on top of my head. I was trying. Uh, check that out in on uh, baldmove.com. Yeah, so maybe we should get into the episode here. You were talking about the opening um, kind of montage where Philip's uh, delivering everything we need to know about the Deus group and Zhang, uh his involvement, and essentially his master plan, except for the details of his master plan, which is what we all want to fucking know, and Elliot doesn't bother to ask about it afterwards. Uh, I did like how they turned my flat screen television into an old like 80s television with that little border mm-hmm. and it looked so convincing I, for a moment i was like what is what are they doing here that is making this so convincing uh-huh. uh it just looks really good it reminded me a lot of this scene reminded me a lot of the architect laying it all out for neo in the matrix and i feel like they yeah. played that kind of architecty matrix music in the background but i couldn't verify that but it reminded me <laughs> it's the same kind of like grainy uh, standard def TV footage yep. and just the old white guy droning on about the master plan and mm-hmm. but still not answering any questions. Right. You're gonna have to go. <laughs> you're gonna have to get to the Matrix Three to get the answers for any of these, and they won't be satisfying. Uh, nope. But so, I, I don't know. It, it's neat. Like they 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 the way they've reframed this, and this feels largely correct. Like that when I was growing up in the '90s, just felt like everything was possible. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, like the the the, jo- the the things in Star Trek about having like some big cataclysmic World War Three was never going to happen. The world's becoming a peaceful place. We've learned all of our lessons, and them reframing this as like that being the big sharks in a room seeing that as a giant opportunity. Mm-hmm. That like nobody's in charge. Everything's up for grabs. Even borders can be rewritten. Um, and how they 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 formed this Deus Corp to consolidate control, manipulate events, and how the internet was a outreach of that and and but we don't know the phase three phase one yeah. was like the consolidation of power phase two was the internet and the manipulation of the populace stage three is question 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 mark it's that mysterious billion dollar machine yeah uh that they don't bother explaining yeah eventually we'll get an explanation yeah uh, but yeah they philip lays all that out and then he claims uh that susan jacobs was his e-corp contact for deus uh but she's missing we know she's dead uh, and he doesn't have another contact. And Elliot uses the death of his daughter to kind of convince him to do the right thing by getting them, getting the entire Deus group together in one place within eight days um, so that Elliot can presumably do something to them or something to their funds. And then when Philip leaves, Elliot decides to go find Susan Jacobs. Uh the the thing that I kept thinking during the scene is this is setting up the heist, right? This is the 12 people, you know, gathering in the garage for Gone in 60 Seconds talking about how they're going to get the cars. This is felt very much like a heist movie. Yeah, of, of, which I loved. It got yeah. me pumped. Uh-huh, I, I uh-huh. was ready. I want to see how they're going to get everybody together, how they're going to hack uh, the bank accounts and all that. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Um, it is not clear to me, though why Elliot thinks if he robs I'm I'm on Philip's side like I don't see how him robbing White Rose would stop her eight days from the shipping of the project you know what I mean like 
I feel like White Rose at this stage is like beyond the money. She has so much control that like even if Elliot were to pull this off, like what does that even mean? Like yeah. how many, how much money would he have to steal to stop the project at this point? With because um, she doesn't just have money, she also has all the information. She also has all the world leaders of industry kind of in her pocket. Um, and I wouldn't like think he says to it's hack. like it's like standing and it's like trying to stop a speeding train by stepping in front of it. Mm-hmm. It's and it just it. I don't know. But I think Elliot's got something else up his sleeve because hacking Cypress National Bank is not going to require them all to be in the same room. So I mean, having to, him... even with, you know, switching cell phones every five days, mm-hmm. I can't see how Elliot couldn't get around that. So there's got to be something else, right? Yeah. This is more akin to like the batteries and the buildings that are going to mm. destroy the records. Getting them all in the same place is key beyond, in my opinion, just getting their cell phone numbers. Yeah. What do you think of the sight lines? In this scene, man, th- Sam Esmail is fucking with us because uh-huh. there, there's the the final thing that Philip says as he walks out. He says one thing to Elliot, looks him right in his eyes, walks past him, turns to look apparently right in the eyes of Mister Robot to say another thing, and then walk out of the room. But it also works as he he's just like turning his head to make an aside, like a parting aside. Like he's not going to fully but turn man, around. He like but tracks the eyes of Mister Robot. It's Yes, I think you're right. Like we we're not supposed to think, oh, Philip can see both of these characters in the room. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a coincidence, but but it's not a coincidence, right? Yeah. It's a planned coincidence. And they do a lot of like I like how like Mr. Robot and Elliot kind of step in front of each other, and the mm-hmm. other like shadows because yeah. and and that sight line is very uh, clever because you know it it, it visually tells us that uh, no matter where they're standing, they're still like in Philip's gaze. If he turns in a direct, so yeah, he's he's definitely fucking with us. And you know, if you didn't think that at this scene, you're definitely going to be thinking about it by the by the end of the the, the episode. But yeah, I still think they're playing it. Uh, he's playing it straight too. Yeah. Uh, so then we move on to Darlene calling. Well, it happens during that scene, but it's kind of of a piece with the next one. She calls to tell Elliot their their mother's dead. Then they go over to the the home she was in, tell the caretaker uh, that they don't want their her stuff. Mm-hmm. Just throw it all out. And she's like, oh, we can't. So they pack up her stuff to donate it, but they find out about a safety deposit box that they didn't know about. And Darlene steals her mother's coat. Um, and Walkman. And, yeah, Elliot's old Walkman. Yeah. Is there any so with all these different like identities that we're playing with this episode? Is there anything to the coincidence that Elliot died metaphorically and in a real sense the same night that his mother did? Yeah, so I I don't know because they're doing a couple of things that are sort of connecting characters in a weird uh-huh. way. Um, that's one of them. It, it's got to be considered, but I again I didn't see anybody talking really about that there was one guy on reddit who was talking about that but yeah i mean it's just it's, it's interesting because we've seen his mother be like incorporated into some of his fantasies we've seen his yep. mother being incorporated into this like at the end of this episode like mm-hmm. that final scene she's definitely there with the younger version of elliot again he's fucking with us i'm not sure yeah, I'm not sure what part this plays, but I, there's no there's no way that that's just a coincidence that they both died, quote unquote, in the same night. Yeah, um, I thought that some of these scenes of Elliot dealing with their mother's death is some like some of the little bit of humor that the Mr. Robot has, 
like uh when he asked the 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 nursing home administrator like what are we supposed to do she was like well some some turn to the lord and he's like with the boxes <laughs> and then later when he's dealing with the when when they're dealing with the the undertaker mm-hmm. and he slides in he's like car uh Cremation, cardboard, cardboard coffin, cheapest mm. urn. Yep. <laughs> I like some of that stuff. Good um, for him. Okay, yeah, safe deposit box. Do we, I mean... Yeah, what's in the box? I think... Because what we see later that, you know, all that shit was thrown out. A plain reading is nothing is in the box. That this nothing? is what it is on the surface level. That, like... Well, I mean, there was stuff in the box, but, like, yeah. nothing that's going to be important to the plot because it was all thrown out. This is just... You know, sometimes life doesn't work out as neatly as you'd want. Sometimes not everything's a clue. Um, mm. And I also felt like it might be a spoiler, kind of like the concept of chaff, like uh, or flat. You know, stuff you you put out to defeat radar. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, Esmail's putting all these other potential mysteries that he addresses on the screen and says they're not significant, but he knows people won't believe him. So yeah. he's throwing all this. He's throwing all this stuff out. He's like a jet fighter after it detects a missile launch from the ground. It's just like flares and everything shooting out of his ass. Maybe. There's a, there's another thing that might be that too in this episode. Like uh-huh. at one point, Darlene and Dom both are shown in close up to be unlocking their phones. Mm. Oh well, Darlene unlocks Elliot's phone that way. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how, okay, a how does Darlene know Elliot's code? And b why do they show both those characters who are, you know, roughly connected? Unlocking phones very conspicuously because they're security conscious, Jim. I mean, yes, that could it could just be that, <laughs> but that's again that maybe that chaff, you know? Yeah, like, here's a weird thing, deal with it. No, this show, I mean, it's crazy. This show is very much like Charlie on Always Sunny with this yarn board. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes you feel that way, yeah, um, because there's so much stuff that they're throwing, there's so much stuff you could tear into, not all of it can possibly be significant, and then there's stuff like the wine bottle which right. is just a mistake. And after the final scene of this episode, I'm like, was that a mistake? Or is that something he threw in there so he could, th-? you know, yeah. there's wheels within wheels here. And it's probably doing the show no favor that we're all trying to be like uh, the bad audience and a magician's uh, show that we're trying to get the angle on him so we mm-hmm. can see what he's doing with that fucking rabbit. And, you know, how he saw him through that box with that killing the girl. And it's like, you know, maybe we should just enjoy the show. But that's not what we're all here for. <laughs> yeah. And he's not encouraging us to. He's got nah. a sign on stage that says, yeah, check out the weird angles yeah. here. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, see if, if you, you can spot it. See if you can. Fi- he's inviting us up on the stage and putting our arms all around so we can prove yeah. that there's no wires or trick boxes. I mean, so. there's shit embedded in the soundtrack of this show that you have to decode. Yeah, in in fucking spectrographs, man. Yeah. He knows what he's doing here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's move on to Dom being interrogated about Santiago. Uh, she tries not to reveal her involvement with the DA, but she's acting very suspiciously, and she eventually covers for the DA by saying, yes, he was involved. Uh, he was a double agent, but it was a different cartel uh, that he was working with. And then she reports into Janice, who asks a whole bunch of questions to verify that it went smoothly. And she's sort of, as she's creating her animal art, let's call it. La Mortarus is the name of her shop, which is French for the happy death. Hmm. I looked up. Okay. She's, she seems uh, pretty stunned when that lady drops a dog on her desk. 
Does she? Surprised me. I, she looks at it. She's like stupefied by it. I don't understand. I don't understand why you just throw a dead animal on on a on a on a desk. You know, like that's what you that's it, what they're there you, for, you, man. You got it there in your purse. And you just flop it out. Yeah, how many with dead such animals? Such a bizarre end of that scene. Yeah, it is. Um, I was like having a conniption fit throughout Dom's interview with the FBI because I was screaming like, the obvious play here is to just lean into the fact that. Uh, he was an actual double agent and mm -hmm. like this this has happened so many times in spycraft you use dom as the one who destroys the double agent to put herself beyond reproach so she right. can smoothly step into the double agent role and i'm like i can't believe the dark army is so stupid to not see this then when she nervously starts talking about uh him being a double agent i actually took that as like holy shit dom is actually going to buckle down and you know take her chances with the legal system until she actually said it was the true truelio drug gang or yeah. cartel and i'm like oh my god i got rope doped <laughs> like three times in one scene yeah she made her decision in this scene i guess she's, it's smart she's to, a new santiago it, it's smart because i thought they'd just say well he was a he's working with the dark army and uh you know we rolled him up but i guess blaming it on some unrelated conspiratorial group is even better than pinning it to yeah it seems on a goose chase um I, I wonder if they'll get wise to that though that's the thing yeah so yeah because once know. they investigate and it comes back well actually no he had nothing to do with him mm -hmm. then dom will once again be under suspicion right but i guess the idea is white rose can fabricate like she can make it look like yeah. it's like how do you tell yeah. the difference in a person being framed and a sloppy double agent right uh it's mm. it's probably pretty tough yeah, I, I do think even though, you know, Dom does make a choice here, she could still be swayed because she is oh, right sure. on the edge, right? Like mm -hmm. if, if Elliot or Darlene were to come to her with a good enough plan, a strong enough proposal, she could come back over to the side of of right here. Yeah, I do have a, a genuine management criticism of the Dark Army. Mm -hmm. This idea of killing a person over 99.9% .9 clarity... Yeah. Like this reminds me of like if you go to a restaurant and you can tell the staff are like really want you to like, well, you might as well get us 10 on these reviews because if we get anything less than 10, we get shit for it. It's like, mm -hmm. then why do you have a one through 10 scale? Yeah. Do you want accurate information or do you want 10. your dick sucked? Uh, Dark Army, do you want your, your people to tell you accurate information about their gut feelings or do you want them to be like, no problem, boss? There's never any problems. 100% sure. Everything's like, the yeah. fuck, man? the fuck there's there's certain and and i guess part of this is like i wonder if there's anything darlene could have said that not darlene sorry dom if there's mm. anything dom could have said to get her out of the noose here or get her the investigation the, the, the investigating agent uh out of the noose here because mm -hmm. maybe it was just uh another way to impress upon dom how awesome and and fearsome the dark army is like anything less than 100 yeah. success we're going to so like that guy's going to die anyway because they just want to make a point they they better hope that it really does look like a suicide well i was even thinking i was thinking the next play is to make it seem like this guy was part of the cover-up and mm -hmm. dom like informing him made him realize the jig was up so now they can like make it something on makes the other it look cartel. even more prompt like there's a bigger conspiracy and a bigger goose chase to hunt yeah, and that's that's why I started thinking like maybe this guy was going to die no matter what. Yeah. So, uh, you know, another senior agent done. Like probably, also, you're not dealing with the most stable person in the world. I mean, yeah, it, it's hilarious to me with Janice. Like, 
if that's her real name, uh, you know, carving up animals, preserving animals, and listening to serial killer podcasts or whatever in her spare time. <laughs> like, if you needed more indication about how weird, how abnormal this woman is. She's especially, I feel like she's channeling a lot of Irv energy. Like there's the same yeah. kind of like cheerful psychopath mm -hmm. uh, here at work. For sure. All right, let's move on to Elliot at the funeral home. Uh, Mr. Robot notices he's not really reacting to his mother's death and encourages him to take it in uh, and start dealing with it. And Elliot says they have to deal with White Rose or the rest of their family's dead. And none of that'll matter. I'm kind of on Elliot's side here. Like, it's all nice, Mr. Yeah. Robot, to say, take a time, you know, take some time, take a breath, take time to mourn your mother. I got eight days uh -huh. until these crazy people kill me, if that. Yeah. That's the latest they'll kill me. And they'll kill you. Yeah. And they'll kill Darlene. Yeah. And... Yeah. It's like always reminding me of like, I, I've worked in, like, I've worked IT all my life, and like, bosses would come in during crunch time, like, are you guys getting enough time to take care of yourselves? <laughs> Like, fuck you, dude. You know we're working 65, 70 hours. If we stopped, you'd get your bitch on because we're not going to hit her some milestones. So what yeah. are we doing here? Yeah. Making you feel better about the situation? <laughs> okay, Mr. Robot, I'll take the time. I just took the time. <laughs> fuck you. Like, what the hell? What the hell? And he's, he's like, yeah, it's like, I get it. It didn't go It didn't go the best there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. No, because he's right. Uh, let me ask you this. Could, could the stress of all of this, the not dealing with his mother's death... Um, there, there's a lot of theories out there about who the other one is. Uh, one of them is that there's an angry version of Elliot who's kind of been there all along in the background in the events that we don't, that we get explanations of, but don't really see, um, the times where he lashes out, throws himself out a window, freaks out at the museum. Uh, could we potentially have, you know, the not dealing with his mother and the, the stress of that along with his impending doom bring out this other one? Could sure. we finally get to see it? Um, you know, see angry Elliot, as I'm calling that version of him. Yes, and I've seen some of those theories where they've gone, they've gone back and like looked at all the times where he's, yeah. he's acted like super out of character. But I don't know because a lot of that seems like also Mr. Robot DNA. But it's it's, it's some, yeah, and and we were certainly led to believe that early on. In it, the it's show. like one of those things where it's like we're told there's a third personality, so now everyone's trying to find the third personality, yeah. and it's like, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. you, you look for things that are divergent about Elliot, um, but it's 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 going to be tough with just evidence we have now to determine, you know, because I there's there's like a lot of great theories rolling around. I don't know the angry yeah. Elliot is that is that the one you're favoring? Uh, no. No, okay. but we'll talk about all of those in okay, a little okay. more depth when we get I'm like, to the when, end of this episode. Because I'm like, okay, when are we going to get to this? Not yet. Okay, yeah. No, we'll we'll never get to anything else. All right, all uh, right. All right, enough. then we move on to Darlene. Um, she doesn't know what her mother would want to be buried in. She's talking to the guy selling coffins, selling funeral services. Uh Elliot slides in, like you said, says cremation, cardboard coffin, cheapest urn. That's That should be the answer for just about everybody. Yeah, the three Cs. <laughs> yes. Uh Darlene's curious about what's in the safe deposit box, and Elliot very much isn't. Darlene uses her previous history comforting Elliot when he was scared to sort of guilt him into checking it out with her. That's a powerful scene. Like, you know, she's yeah, saying, like, all is. the times it's I was there. It's manipulative, but powerful. Oh, well, is it manipulative? Yes, because once she says, like, he says, oh, I, I, you know, I didn't, I don't not care about this. She says, fine, we'll prove it. Come with me to this thing. Like she's manipulating him. Yeah, I guess. But it's like, is it manipulation to be like, Hey, I loaned you 50 bucks. Now I want you to pay me 50 bucks back. No, 
Okay, Certainly well, not. she's essentially saying the same thing. Like, I have put all these deposits into your emotional fucking account over the years. Uh -huh. I'm wanting to make one little fucking deposit. And all those deposits I was making, uh -huh. I expect those to be repaid. You didn't know I expected those to be Again, repaid? Oh, well, I expected it. Here's the guilt. I mean, to, I, that's, a, that's a curious concept that, like, there is, you don't owe anything back to people that have given to you. Like, but... but but pointing out that you owe me mm -hmm. for this, I think, is the manipulation. If Elliot were, you know, a a brother to her, uh -huh. he probably would say, "Yeah, you're right. Let's go do this." Right. But she, but she's like, but he's making the classic. See, I like, did he, all this for you. Now do this for me. Right. But he's making this classic things like, well, I don't see the value of this, and she's like, well, who cares? I do, and I want you on this anyway. And mm. like, it's this exactly the same way as like, if I loan you fifty bucks. And then you stiff me to 50 bucks and I later say, hey, you owe me 50 bucks. Like, I didn't know you wanted me to pay that back. It's like, I feel like that's the conversation we're having right now. And the only thing yeah. different is we're talking emotions rather I mean, we'd, than money. We'd have to ask Judge Judy. She would know all about that. <laughs> Loans versus uh, versus gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, especially yeah. when the brother or sister it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm on Angela's or God damn it. I'm on Darlene's side. I think that, yeah, she's been there for him. She's clearly I mean, it's she's the one. I mean, that's the, the thing that complicates it is Elliot's no less fragile mm -hmm. in this situation. It's not like Elliot's from a place of strength um, where she presumably was with him. Her being slightly in a, uh, in a slightly stronger emotional and mental state. But she's in pretty bad shape. Maybe Elliot's better off and she's just asking for a little support. I'm trying to remember how much Darlene knows about their current situation, like the pressure that Elliot's under. Well, she I don't think she knows everything. I don't think she knows. I think that she thinks that Elliot doesn't like has just kind of checked out. Like, yeah, she, yeah. she is not aware of his one man war against White Rose and all that kind of stuff. And she also thinks he's checked out about the. Um, uh, I mean, she was there when he made the deal with White Rose in the barn to get the stuff shipped over from Congo. But maybe she thought so that like, was it. Maybe, yeah, maybe she thinks that's it. Because then Vera came, comes and he acts completely nonplussed about that as well, which yeah. more to that. But from her uh, perspective, Elliot's just been kind of like, she's been falling apart because of all this shit that's happened and he's just been ignoring her. Yeah. And this scene is also where Darlene uh, sees that Elliot's researching Susan Jacobs and that'll come into play later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for now, we're going to Dom, who's having trouble concentrating on her own interrogations. Um, she gets a text message about Agent Horton being dead before it comes on the news, and she's told that apparently he committed suicide. He was killed over the 0.01%. Mm -hmm. Not sure. Yep. Keep, uh, it, keep it 100. Yeah. I and Sam Esmail was playing with this, too, on Twitter. He was... They're responding affirmative, affirmative as like 100% to people and I don't know. Everything's been, I, I've, I really like what BD Wong's been doing. If you looked at his Twitter feed, no, uh, like last, like last week, he, uh, he's been like commenting kind of like from, as from White Rose perspectives, like mm -hmm. last week he, he tweeted, Angela, 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 all people want to talk about is Angela. No one th wants to think about the pressures that I'm under, what <laughs> I'm going through. And he's like playing it as this like really kind of like regally bitchy persona. Uh -huh. It's just great. He seems like he's having a lot of fun with it. Well, yeah, we'll get to we'll get to Angela and White Rose pretty soon. Um, anything you want to say about that? I mean, she's just interrogating some run of the mill. Yeah, some Irish tracker, person tracker disappear. Yeah, yeah. I don't think because I I thought that what was going to happen was 
because uh, this this show makes it paranoid. I thought when um, she got it from the room that that guy was going to murder. Like it, it turns out that he was like oh a, a, doc, a dark uh, army operative there to murder the other FBI agent for some purpose. Uh-huh. And she's I, but then it's like, oh, no, it's actually Agent Horton. Yeah. Turns out she still has to do a job which is interrogating criminals. So now she's got even a bigger interview lined up that's going to have to have a higher stakes lie told. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Good management, Dark Army. (laughs) All right, we move on to the safety deposit box scene where they go to Bank of E and find that all that shit's been tossed out 120 days after the lapse payment. Darlene's sad and she's pissed, but not about her mom. She's pissed that Elliot's moved on in her perception from Angela's death. Uh, and he says he hasn't, and then he gets out this Walkman, which has a tape in it, and they listen to the tape together, which turns out to be a Mother's Day recording that Angela, Darlene, and Elliot made as kids, but they made it for Angela's mom. Right. And somehow it turned up in the possession of their mother. They're not sure how. Somehow. Mm -hmm. These are the questions that no one is asking this episode that I find suspicious. I've, so I think people were asking, it's just that there's no immediate, like, this is probably part rolled up in the other persona, right? You know, like, what part of Elliot feels sorry for his mother and wants to comfort her in some way, so he right. gives it this mother? Like, it has to be, right? It has to be Elliot that gave it. How else would she get it? Could Although be. I, I was actually arguing with Cecily about this when we were watching it, and I'm like, well... He lived with his mom, presumably most of his life. Mm-hmm. And if you move out, a lot of times you don't take everything. Did he leave right. it there, or like when or Angela could have given when it. he was under house arrest and he's staying? Like, did 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 he leave it there then? Um, yeah, who knows? There's a million ways she could have come into possession. Right, right. But, but I, I have a feeling it'll mm-hmm. be a big clue because yes, you're right. This. It's like uh, I guess let's just get to the safe deposit box. And we'll talk about all this stuff at that at that point. I mean, this is it. Oh really? Is that actually, scene? Yeah. Oh, they. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, so these are things that the episodes are actually raising, but also telling us not to worry about. And I'm just mm. curious about how straight uh, Smail is playing with this, because you know, plain reading is the bank just threw it out because that's that's it's some crazy old lady's thing. She stopped paying her bills and they threw it out. Yeah. If they threw it out, that means uh, if if the bank is telling the truth, I don't know why they wouldn't. There's no way we'll ever find out what was contained in that box. But they made and even th- if it yeah. was, even if we could, there's no way we could recover because it it's in a landfill somewhere. Probably not even like don't we send our garbage? Doesn't New York send the garbage to like another country at this point or something? Like I, I thought they were exporting Maybe. their garbage either to like New Jersey. I mean, it's just some in <laughs> landfill. How would you ever find it? Uh, good question. Some fucker lost a. Remember that guy that lost a hard drive yeah, that had a, a key that has like 150 million bitcoins. Yeah. He can't find that. He's still shit. looking for it. Yeah, you're not going to find her knitting projects or, <laughs> you know. What if her... it was? So what if it was information? Okay, so there are some timeline things here. Like people have looked at the slip, the the safety box deposit slip, mm-hmm. and apparently it was shut down. Uh, I want to say sometime in September, which was exactly. 120 days after the 5-9 attack would have happened. So, like, what they're assuming happened is 5-9 happened, the money's no good anymore, so she, so the automatic payment didn't go through, obviously, because all the records are gone, uh, and they just threw out all the shit. I don't know if that is, like, suspicious or anything, because mm-hmm. that makes sense. It probably happened to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But the idea that Elliot and Darlene make a big deal, a sort of big deal, about not knowing she had this box... And then going there and finding out that the contents are missing, I 
think is encouraging us to say what was in that. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see like if if the third aspect of Elliot gave her the walkie-talkie, but it could the, be something important. It could be something related to no, Five Nine. It could be something which, related to the original Washington Township stuff. That, and, that's and the where machine. I was getting at. Like, so like if the if if the third persona gave the mother the Walkman at this in the same lapses of Elliot's you know time perception he that that uh yeah. aspect could have also gotten the slip and visited the safe deposit box and cleared it out yeah and if that's the case then there's no mystery to unsolve we just we just have to wait for that third aspect to explain what it is and what they've done with it so right. it's like i don't think we have enough information to speculate now yeah but i think you're right yeah i i, I was somewhat surprised that not there was not more theory crafting i think it just got over, overshadowed by the larger theory yeah which might have been the intention yeah uh, I do like how they sort of don't let us hear the tape until Elliot sticks his ear up to it because we you can kind of sort Elliot. it. Yeah, uh-huh. it's pretty good. Yeah, um, and then we move on to Philip telling uh, White Rose that he's resigning as CEO of E Corp by the end of the year, which means he's also leaving the Deus Group. Which means, um, since the appointment of his successor requires this in-person vote of all of the Deus Group members, uh, White Rose is going to have to organize a meet, which is his way of getting Elliot what he needs everybody together i don't like this scene i love this scene and i don't like this scene. yeah because they're talking another language and there's no subtitles well, I, think it's, I think it's a poorly written scene i think it's a deus ex machina yeah of, that's, like that's exactly what i'm saying yeah. like, they might as well have been speaking greek without subtitles because <laughs> which is actually is that actually the point of the scene if it is it's just a lampshade so deus uh-huh meaning god uh-huh and deus ex machina being god of the machine or something like that um uh-huh. just essentially a way to neatly wrap something up for out of nowhere uh or to explain something out of nowhere. Is that what he's getting at? And if so, it's just a lampshade on how bad, how poorly set up this scene is. So because they create this fictional, this like entirely fabricated, oh, right. we get everybody together under this clause. They never yeah. set that up before. They should have. Yeah. I don't know. But but the no, acting it's a, it's is so very, fucking good in this scene. Yeah. No, it's a very J.K. Rowling kind of Harry Potter way of like, oh, you didn't know that wands with the same core would do this. Right. It's like you're... You're introducing a concept and making the rules simultaneously. Yeah. Um, but now Sam Esmail's insisting that's not what he's doing. And you're using it to push the plot forward at yeah. the same time. Although that's the Deus, the there's, nothing, like, there's no way he he introduced the concept of this Deus Deus Corp. You know. No, like, he didn't. The whole Deus thing is also right. I, it makes me know. wonder why this isn't just Dark Army. You know, like why why did they have to invent a new clandestine shadowy organization? Why couldn't this like I would because it seems like the effect is the same. Like if yeah. it turns out that White Rose is just the spokesperson for a consortium of people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't really matter what the label is. But that's um, what I'm saying. But like, yeah, Deus is the fact that like there's all these rules we didn't know about, and it's like, oh, this is going to be impossible to do. I have faith for you. This is not how the fucking game is played. Well, at least you won. Like, what the fuck does any of that mean? pisses off white rose enough that she trashes her unbalanced christmas and, tree and just makes one of the sternest faces i've ever seen like uh-huh. i bd wong when he when philip says i'm resigning mm-hmm. and i don't give a shit about your plan uh-huh. that look from bd wong is withering <laughs> yeah it's and, brutal but that's the thing it's like that again like why does he now have leverage over her like you know mr robot says it's because this is loyalty well i mean she can just kill this guy mm-hmm like they've yeah, been dueling it, for seasons where that was always felt like something that could be possibly on the table. 
I don't, it's, it's almost it's a disruption, right? It's it's a minor disruption, but a disruption yeah. nonetheless. That's why this Deus thing is so annoying because it almost seems entirely designed to explain why White Rose just doesn't paste, you know, Philip right here and there. That she, that she is yeah. somewhat beholden, even though it's revealed that they've been working for her all <laughs> along right. to this organization, and she hasn't got the final say. It's it's a way to it's I don't know. It's very. Very uh, Harry Potter Horcruxy kind mm. of like oh this is this this is the thing that's going to fuel the final act and I don't know it, it a lot of this will go down a lot easier if the third uh, if if they nail the third aspect of Elliot's personality reveal correctly yeah. because like that's way harder to pull off than this fucking Deus crap so yeah I mean the thing I do like about it is the Angela factor because killing angela was the mistake was a mistake on white rose's part i mm. think because it removed all the leverage the white rose had over philip um you know at this point he doesn't have much to live for right and this <laughs> white rose needed that to keep him under her thumb and it's just not gonna happen now yeah and so it sets up the ability for him to get them all in the same place and potentially whatever happens with that is going to be because White Rose killed Angela. Well, plus it's like also like uh, White Rose's true believers are not afraid of death because they think everything can be erased. It also identifies Philip as not a true believer. Yeah. So whatever plan that she thinks is, he doesn't put that much faith in it because why would he be pissed off about sacrificing Angela? I almost thought that there might they might go that way when Elliot was rolling tough on him with like, you know you just let him murder your daughter and how do you live with that i thought he might say oh who's to say she won't come back but this defense <laughs> so to telling that to a to someone who doesn't believe your project is real right is right yeah. not very effective yeah uh and then you know you get the tree smash like you said I, which I like because it sort of mirrors uh, his vase smash yeah. when Angela's killed. I liked what a struggle it was too. Yeah, it was. It's a big tree. <laughs> yeah, like there's a lot of there was there was a lot of uh, tugging and pulling on that to make it come down. Uh -huh. I felt like there. Um, I would love to see the first take on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, can you imagine? Being oh, the person who has to set that back up after oh, every maybe take. that's why it was so awkward because it's like there wasn't a full like it, it, uh, like they thought it's like one good yank would bring it down and it's like because right. the, the way I was I was looking at BD Wong on the second watch it's like he gives a good yank uh -huh. and then it's like double takes it's not fall down so then he's just like full on <laughs> yeah it's like he's got a rocket a little yeah, bit yeah so it's like I wonder if they're like well that's the take like we don't got four hours to reset this fucking thing man <laughs> or the budget for that many fancy ornaments right right each time you smash this tree it's like wrecking a Lamborghini come right. on. <laughs> it's hung with nothing but Fabergé eggs because uh -huh. handmade glass yeah. ornaments. All right, let's move on to the next scene. Philip calls uh, to tell Elliot that the meeting is going to happen. Afterward, Darlene asks why Elliot is hacking Susan Jacobs and reveals that she was the one who broke into her house and killed her. Uh, Darlene also says she's definitely going to help Elliot take down White Rose and pairs their phones up before dropping the info, which is new to Elliot that Vera showed up at his apartment two months ago, even though... Darlene told someone who she thought was Elliot that Vera was there and that person did not care. Uh, and then she goes off to get Susan Jacobs info and, and Elliot goes off on Mr. Robot thinking she told you and you didn't tell me Mr. Robot very strongly insists that Darlene never told him. I believe him. Why do you think Elliot had that super strong reaction to finding out that uh, Darlene was involved with Susan Jacobs death? Just that like he was hoping to protect his sister from something like that or, uh, uh, uh 
hilarious reaction. He shouts Jesus fucking Christ at an illuminated cross yes, on yes, the wall. Yes, 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 yes. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. Because then he ultimately, he already I, knew. Is it the irony of all of it? Is it like, oh, yeah, fuck. Like, maybe. All of this shit is just swirling around itself in a toilet bowl. But it's weird because he went, went on and says, like, yeah, I read what she did in the Washington Township case. And, you know, it's like he was primed to excuse it before he did. So it's like, ah, but I don't know. Um, but, yeah, the f- fact that all this is related and maybe it's frustration at the fact that the thing that prevented him from getting what he want, what he wanted was Darlene's kind of misadventures while she was he was in prison mm-hmm. because all that stuff felt like. A dis, you know, like obviously a distraction. She was trying to carry on his work, but she didn't really know what that was, you know, what they're supposed to do after they pulled off the nine eleven or yeah. five nine hack. Um, and yeah, obviously she hadn't do that. They'd just roll up on Susan, grab her, and they'd have their in. So maybe it's frustration at how much harder his job is because of her. Uh, I wanted to real quick before we get into the meat of this stuff, talk about this very small hack because there aren't a lot of hacks happening lately. I just mm-hmm. want to talk about the technicals. Uh, so what she does here to pair up their phones is she's basically created her own version of this open source app called Signal, which is a communication platform, a secure communication platform. Uh, she just installs her modified version of it onto Elliot's phone, which yeah. will trade GPS locations so they can know where each other are. How secure? Uh, the thing I wondered is how secure that is. Because if she's able to do... Uh, the other thing I wondered, and I've been wondering this a while, is it seems like a lot of people do that kind of like um, pattern unlock for their phone. Mm-hmm. It would not surprise me that there's only like 15 combinations that people actually use. Because like, the way human thumbs move. Because 99% of everyone... Are they left-handed or right-handed? Oh, we eliminated five, four, four-fifths of yeah, the, the yeah, combos. Yeah, like, you know, I, I just wonder if like 99% of all phones could be hacked with like 15 different attempts probably you do the triangle you do the e you do right. the one you do the seven oh, you know you phillips do... is an e right <laughs> right it's like it just seems like one of those things where like we traded real security for something that feels like it's security you know yeah i mean there's always a trade-off between security and usability right and but I feel the, like that we, code feels like a good compromise, but it feels like we put a bunch of uh, cheap luggage uh, yeah. locks on all of our phones and think it's going to be fine. Yeah, but I don't know. It's better than like allowing cops just to hold your phone up to your face and unlock it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like mega fail. Yeah, but uh, got that feature on my phone, but I don't use it for my lock screen. Right. I use the the combo. Yeah, you got to. You gotta, so you use you the protect you use the, yourself. Do you, do you use a, a pin number or do you actually use the the yeah the iPhones don't have the the swipey pattern thing? Really, I thought they were the first ones that had it. Seriously, nope. Okay, well, good for Apple. <laughs> if my theory is correct, then... I might be more two percent more secure. Yeah, than that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about more serious things. Uh, do you think it could be the snowman in the subway? Is the altar? No, no. Oh, and when we use the term altar. Mm-hmm. We're talking about like another version of a person in Elliot's mind or potentially Elliot might be an alter of this person. The other one that we don't know yet. Elliot I- Alterman. <laughs> <laughs> Should I recap the final scene too? Because you kind of have to talk about both of them. Maybe they're all different. They're versions of the word alter. You got alt alteriot Alderman. You got Elliot Alterman. You got Elliot Alter Alter. <laughs> 
What is happening? Altar, altar. This podcast is falling apart. Those are the identities. It's, it's, I'm staking it here, pushing all my internet chips into one pile. <laughs> I'll take that bet. Code crack. What are you asking? I'm sorry. Uh, let's, let's also recap the final scene because it's very short. Okay. And it's kind of tied into this scene. Um, so that final scene is a weird scene in that boardroom, which is, if you don't recognize it, it's, where Tyrell tried to convince Elliot to join E Corp mm-hmm. in the first season, mm-hmm. um, and and so it should be kind of familiar. But Elliot's mother tells a young version of Elliot that they have to wait for him, and she's not talking about Mister Robot or Elliot, but for someone she calls the other one, and that they're saving the head spot at the table for him too. I assume, yeah, she says that's not your seat. Right, or at least not yet. And there are four chairs around that table, mm-hmm. which might be might be key. Well, I think so, if they're waiting for... So I don't think Mom's sitting at the table. I think it's got, you have young Elliot, Mr. Robot, Elliot, and then the other one. Yeah. Uh, when is this happening? What is happening? Because I, I read this scene as happening in Elliot's head. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are trying to say that this is a flashback, including USA themselves. Right. Their official trans, not transcript, but synopsis of the episode mm-hmm. describes this as a flashback. Um, and boy, a lot of people on Reddit were taking that to the bank. Uh, but it's I, hard to because you have the one, you have the one trade, oh, what is it, Freedom Tower? Mm-hmm. Um that is prominently displayed in the scene. Right. There's no way you make a continuity area that big because you have to put that stuff in there. I mean, you had a label and that said if- 2017, like literally front and center in a camera. And that's where I'm like, is Sam Elliott so demented? Yeah, but they just had to go buy a bottle of wine for that. This, uh-huh. they have to digitally composite into the shot. What do you mean? I thought that they like that. I, I thought the problem was that if this was Elliott flashback, that's that sh- that building couldn't be there. Right. Right, so it'd be hard. It'd be, so the mission would be to forget to take it out because you forgot what time the, the the time frame it is. So you think they literally shot through a window overlooking New York City? In I this? mean, that's a possibility, right? I I doubt it. Really? I, I mean, yeah, it's a possibility, certainly. Yeah. No, I look. I don't believe. But this. to zoom the camera right in this, on it, I'm yeah. actually devil's advocating it. Yeah. Uh, to me, it seems unlikely that they would not notice a huge. Uh, building it's, that shouldn't be there in a flashback. So this is most likely not a flashback. Hmm. I think it's mind. most likely not a flashback. I think it's very easy to believe that the people involved in writing the synopsis for the episodes have no connection to the production whatsoever. There's yeah. some kind of marketing. It's a fucking marketing intern that like right. write a, watch yeah, this, watch write this a episode and yeah. write a synopsis of it and post it to it and make sure it's done by Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And like just like I don't think the ARGs are completely fully blessed and approved by Sam Esmail. Like they're hired out by some other company to do them. Like yeah. they're clearly operating off a script, but. So I, I I think it's I think it's some kind of psychosphere that represents like Elliot's the the core of Elliot or like maybe his wetware and these are the things bouncing around in him. But I can't mm. explain. Have we ever have we ever shifted to something like this in, in before where it's like some kind of construct? Uh, like I guess the jail would be an obvious example. But like Elliot was there. I guess Elliot is. So so what is this supposed to actually represent? You know, like if this is his brain, mm-hmm. I don't think they've ever done that before. They've definitely shown a prison, you know, like they've, they've played games like that. But this like this someplace that you're just a, a location is completely fictitious. Where is Elliot in this? Um, yeah, I, I, mean, I don't he, know. he 
could be that kid, um, you know, the young version of Elliot. He could be. But then why is he in the room? Something else in the room. Yeah. I, I, I that's there's. Well, this... he sees himself right before he dies. Mm-hmm. Last episode, quote unquote, dies. Um, true, true. He sees himself. Right. And his mother and his father. Yeah. Uh, but not in yeah, like in is a it possible. Like what is it possible? Tyrell is the other identity because then it's easy to explain the Ooh. other meeting he had where he's trying to recruit Elliot. Mm-hmm. Like that was just uh, his his persona is kind of jockeying for control, right? I I I want to say the interactions mm-hmm. don't line up, but you know this could be something where. Once you go back and watch it, it makes perfect sense. Right. I, I've seen other theories that are probably better than Tyrell. Hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, the the one that I sort of favor beyond all odds is that this might, this other person could potentially be Sam Esmail himself, like the creator of the show, uh, going under like the Sam Sepiel uh, persona, which if you don't know who Sam Sepiel is, right. you can be forgiven because he's, sparsely mentioned throughout the whole series really um but it's the handle that elliot uses online for most of his hacks um it's his billionaire persona it's the name he uses for that when he tries to gain access to steel mountain um there there's a lot of like he he talks about his friend sam who taught him that mantra about uh mind awake body asleep stuff that he uses to then go into this dream state um there's a lot of stuff around Sam Sepiel, and I I spent a lot of time reading about theories, mm-hmm. and I just fucking ran out of time because there yeah. are so many of them, uh-huh. and I hate it. I want to spend like 15 hours just digging into all this stuff. I had about four. We'll talk more about this because I started to get into the, the Sam the Espoli theory and uh, Sepiel, yeah. Uh, I then you mentioned that you had read up about it, so I kind of shied away from that and went on the other things. But like what? Um, the so idea is that that would be when you was know, the first time he was personas. mentioned was it in season the one first time was yeah definitely in season one okay because um, I remember the Iron Mountain hack or I got that far in my research but I was like because like the thing that Sam Esmail clearly said about this persona is it was from it's from season one yeah like it's been in the very beginning of the show um, and, it, and it's interesting too and why I'm kind of tying this into Sam Esmail himself is because Sam Esmail has shown up in the show mm-hmm. a few times all the way back to the pilot um, where he shows up in the subway and people are hypothesizing that could be some version of this Sam Sepiel, uh, you know, artificial friend, whatever imaginary friend that Elliot had that, you know, imaginary about, friends. Do you are remember very much in a, season two where they showed that Halloween night where kind of the persona of Mr. Robot was was created, where him and Darlene were going to watch the careful massacre of the bourgeoisie, and he mm-hmm. puts on the Mr. Robot hat, but he also puts on that mask. Yeah. Um, now that happened in season two, but is it possible that this mask version of Mr. Robot is the third identity? Because like, I think we saw this, uh, at various times, Uh, lots of people wore the mask to make the F society videos, but I think Elliot was definitely one of the ones that did. Um, that mask was also a freak, uh, prominent in the early seasons and like, having that flashback be kind of the the genesis of this split personality also has it make sense that all of those personas would be like uh visible in that scene yeah so and there is a a scene where uh mr robot i think christian slater wearing the robot mask the bourgeoisie mask mm-hmm. uh 
invites Elliot into the video mm-hmm. and puts a mask on him. Mm-hmm. And they both are wearing masks. He takes a mask off to reveal another mask, which he puts that first mask on Elliot. So then all of three of them are kind of in that scene together. Yeah. But the thing is, I the thing that makes me not like this theory is what is the difference between Mr. Robot and, and Elliot? You can articulate those differences. What's sure. the difference between the careful mask of the bourgeoisie persona so and the other two? This is what I think is interesting with this angry Elliot theory. Okay. And where that might tie in is because there are a lot of times where Elliot over his life has lashed out, um, has done things you know that are beyond the pale. Like apparently there was this big thing at the museum where he had a blow up. Um, there was the stuff where you know he threw himself out of a window. A lot of people are are guessing that if you if you take that all the way back and you look at those moments, that could be a third persona manifesting itself. Uh, that could be one of his alters. And they're saying like this is the the Sam character, right? This is the imaginary friend he was talking about, the the imaginary friend who's telling him to do these awful things, hmm. um, and one that he might repress. Yeah, I like that. What and then you... there's, so there's this interesting, the, let's throw more wrinkles okay. into this. Okay. So this dream sequence that he has when he's getting clean uh-huh. uh, in season two. Yep. Uh, season two, episode four, if you want to go check out the whole thing, because it's super interesting. Um, and Sam Esmail has talked about this episode, that episode being key to the entire series. Um, there's a line from Angela in that where there's, they're, they're talking to each other about something and Angela proclaims that Elliot has only been alive. He's only a month old, which makes a lot of people think that Elliot is not the, he's not the prime altar here, right? He's not okay. the the host of all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that potentially that Sam character could be. Huh. Because it's it's funny too, because uh, actually that's in, that's in season one, I think. Okay. It's, it's episode four of season one. And I think when she tells him that, we're about a month from the beginning of the show, uh-huh. which I think is super interesting. If hmm. she's telling him that he's a month old, hmm. did you see any of the theories revolving around the name um, being um, like attached to some sort of godhood aspect? Yeah, it's called. It, so apparently, Sam is another word in Hebrew for God. That's not true because I did look because that, that's what I spent a lot of time yeah. running down. But Samuel means uh, God has heard. Okay. Um, and then the, uh, the, I, the, the last name was asserted that that me is, uh, as another foreign, I might, might be Jewish. It might be Hindu for like a hidden place. Mm-hmm. So like God is heard from a hidden God is what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, um, there's, there's also some theories in previous seasons that E Corp is, stands for Elliot Corp, that uh-huh. this is all, uh, like, uh, that, you know, that either, um, Tyrell was an aspect of him that was sort of running E Corp or whatever. Um, and there was a scene where who was it that told? Oh, it, then that same scene where Elliot was uh, talking to Tyrell in the boardroom and this this you know penthouse suite. Um, Elliot said his problem is that he can only see what's in front of him and not above him. Hmm. And people are saying that that like was an allusion to God. So like this so is a complicated like this is a God from a hidden place. Deus is the organization that's hmm. running everything. E Corp of its front could be Elliot Corp. Although these also work with Sam Esmail. Yeah, could be Esmail Corp. Like if they want to really lean, lean into the God as the creator of the series, but like, and this is where I'm. If get, they it, go there, that is that could that could come off so fucking hack, dude. But Esmail's got to yeah. know that, right? The the idea that a creator would insert themselves into their own show in such an integral way, yeah, is either 
brilliant depending on what the what they do with it and they have potentially set that up like esmail yes. by by having them talk to us as as a member and having four chairs around the boardroom mm-hmm, mm-hmm. potentially we are the fourth esmail is the third the mm-hmm. creator of the show and he's this entire fucking show is a commentary on how people watch shows yeah and that's what i was getting at earlier when i said you know this show sprang out of an era where people were going how the fuck do we interface with the internet Mm -hmm. and keep them from figuring out everything but also using that right yeah this whole show could be a meta thing yeah where we are active participants s-mail is an active participant and the characters are too it gets fucking weird and i think there's so I don't have like a, a single pet theory mm-hmm. that I think is right. What I think is that elements of all of these are going to be true. Sure. And that if he is going for that meta thing, it uh-huh. will either be brilliant or it will not fucking work. It will be a travesty. Well, the other thing that I'm surprised I didn't see theorizing on is that, you know, if you're talking famous trinities... Hard to beat the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And in this aspect, we have a father and a son clearly accounted. Who the fuck is the Holy Ghost? Angela's wearing all white. Yeah, but it's... <laughs> so here's the other thing is... Would this show fuck around with the gender, the pronoun? Oh, to say him when they don't mean him? Yeah. I, because we've also got a she that hides in plain sight as a him. Yeah. So like that could yeah. be something that they're playing. Like, it, you know, if, if Angela is actually a he in the persona, but she's some kind of weird construct. I, the Angela host theory, I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. It's... But like, who they've is played the, with so many ideas in this show. But the Holy Ghost, it, it, it's fun to think of Angela as that because she's literally dead. Uh-huh. So, you know, that like uh, her dying may be fractured, like, but that, that then that's not an aspect that's been with him the, the entire time either. Yeah. She also might have died right around the same time as Elliot and his mom. Yeah. What did you think died? about? Because I saw some people theorizing that the third persona is actually us, and there's somehow yeah. the audience's perception and participation in this show is going to turn an event or two in, in the, the climax. What do you think of that? that- uh, I don't think this is going to turn into Bandersnatch. Uh, just a season of Bandersnatch episodes from okay. here out. No. You're referring to the Netflix uh, Choose Your Own Adventure yeah. experiment from earlier this year. Yeah, interactive film, essentially. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it's going to do that, but I, it is an interesting concept because I think, like, you know, if Sam Esmail is trying to deliver a message with this show about power and corruption and uh, our society, we need to be a part of that, right? Mm-hmm. We need, to, in order to affect any change, we have to be a part of that. But how do you make the viewers be a main character i mean i can see this way where we're just a passive right you know a one way you know he's just shouting down a a, a i don't know what the hell you shout down a, a tin can yeah yeah we're we're, we're a person <laughs> on the other end, in this end of a tin can string and we're just listening okay. uh that that's a way you can work but like you know, there's certainly not going to be a point in episode seven or eight of this season where dial nine 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 fuck no. robot to to have uh, <laughs> to have Elliot die and call nine 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 save robot to have him live. Like, yeah, this is not going to be some clap your hands and tinker the bell live shit, is it? No, I don't think so. I think us as the audience being a part of the Trinity, I don't like. That's the one theory that I'm like completely out on, and I don't like it, and I. I don't like the Sam Elliott as or Sam Esmail as a a character as well, be, only because the degree of difficulty of that coming off and not being yeah. just laugh out loud bad is so high up there. 
but, but if it worked, if it worked, this would and be it's all make seminal television. Like yes, and it's did, that's that's certainly in this show's envelope. I think performance envelope. Yeah, it has certainly been this, this stylistically. Uh-huh. This has been revolutionary. Yeah. Uh, could he do it narratively? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And I I would really love to see an effort. I'm going to shit all over it if it doesn't work. Yeah. But I'm going to stand up and cheer if it does. Yeah. That's a great so. thing about a, la- a final season is like, you know, the die is cast. I'm, I'm, yeah. Uh, you know, season two, I, I think we'd be a lot more gripped up about like some of these decisions. Whereas now it's like, yeah, it either works or it doesn't, you know? Uh-huh. This is it. This is it. Yeah. You know, this is the, this is the prestige uh, part of the magic act. And we either see the wires, or we don't. I don't know. My head is still swimming with theories, and the, we don't have time on this podcast to do them all. But mm-hmm. you know, go on Reddit and check them out because there are some really smart people there doing some really great detective work. Yeah. Uh, maybe have figured it out. Maybe not. But I'm just waiting. I'm gonna wait and see. I like that they're doing um, a theory roundup. Uh, yeah, they have a thread. For it, that. The the front page of Mr. Robot has such a velocity that it's it's hard to keep up with it. You, like even if you yeah. you sample it several times a day, it's like it's really easy to miss pretty important things. Or, but I don't know what is important. There's like an average of thirty theories a day going through there. It's like yeah. are they all important or none of them important? Well, let me get, let me give you. A, I have an uh, average of like thirty emails or, or thirty theories flowing into my email every week too. Like yeah. I can't read them all, you know. One suggestion is mm-hmm. to to link back to the main discussion threads of those theories because a lot of the things that they do are sort of follow on from other theories. Yeah, and I would really appreciate like some some index of just like the theories that are currently floating right. around. But it's, it's funny because also like they use sticky threads, but but like I noticed today, like when I was making my notes, I was consulting that thread and like reading stuff, and then I came back two hours later, and that thread was no longer st- sticky. Yeah, I couldn't. It was like three pages back. It uh-huh. was just sticky on the front page three hours ago. <laughs> it's insane how much how yeah. many people are participating on this thing. They're Especially excited. now that we know the audience size. Like we said, like one out of yeah. three Mr. Robot washers is a obsessive Redditor too, apparently. Yep. yep. Uh, that's the end of the episode. Okay, do, do I got feedback, feedback? that's been sent to robot at baldmove.com. In addition, you can go to our forums, forums.baldmove.com if you'd like to to get your 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 theory on. Uh Tom has some notes from last episode. The Mary Poppins line was because the girls were English. I don't think there's more to it than that. That makes sense. Cheap. Why, cheap why dig, didn't darling. I realize that? Mary Poppins, yeah. like, okay. She's, she's just all chim chimney. Uh, it seemed obvious to me that during uh, that the ending was a lesson from Philip, from Philip to Elliot, not a test. He knows how committed Elliot is. He's just trying to make him listen to the message Mr. Robot can't seem to deliver. Don't get sloppy or he'll die like Angela. He wants Elliot to help him take him down, take down White Rose, and needs him to snap out of it. I can't think of a better way to deliver that message. Um, yeah, and maybe a little bit of proof to Elliot that like this is his game now. I will say that like I felt this episode did not adequately explain that stunt. Yeah, because it's so easy to kill a person doing that. Mm. Um, like. You know, Philip gets the 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 alarm. He dispatches his kill team, and he goes and interrupts them. Why? You know, there's nothing from the conversation that he and Elliot like. It, there's nothing like I had to make sure you were sufficiently committed. I had like the whole time is he's yeah. like, hey, uh, I let you go, and Elliot kind of has to figure out why. I, I don't know. No, it's a whole conversation of glossing over things. Yeah, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't. It's it's an awful long way to shock the audience for three seconds. 
So yeah. I didn't expect you to have the answers at Tom because you know you were sending an email from the past, but I was just like, for me personally, I thought that was a little bit. Hmm. How that brings up a question: How quick do you want them to resolve this other one, this third before the end of the season, the series? Oh, you don't have any like, oh, let's get it in an episode or two. Nah, I'm not. I'm really trying hard not to set expectations that way because like this is clearly something that's unprecedented. Yeah. So like, if this reveal is satisfying at in in the eleventh hour, yeah. or the ninth hour, or what whatever, I don't I don't care. It just needs to it needs to be fucking worth it. Mm-hmm. The game needs to be worth the candle in, in my in my estimation. Uh, shall we move on? Yeah. uh, Craig from Texas, while I wasn't super excited about the massive Cleveland steamer-esque exposition exposition dump, exposition dump, that Esmail took on our chest at the beginning of this episode, I think it was necessary to provide some context uh, to the program White Rose was planning. I hope it just isn't a weakness in finding a more organic way to communicate the same thing. Um, I also eye-rolled a tiny bit uh, anytime the show has some shadowy group with a name like the Syndicate or the Cabal or Deus. Just feels like a real shadowy group wouldn't need a clever name. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Can we all just agree we're going to do this but not name it? It should be called like people working cooperatively or, you know, yeah. the the commission to study important things. It should be something that makes you, you, you go to sleep as soon as you read it. Right. Like, you know... Ozymandias, not a great name for a group that's going to take over the world. Deus, <laughs> Yahweh, uh, Thor, Zeus, all those things. A little too on the nose, guys. A little too on the nose. Uh, lastly, I like the third person swerve at the end, but I'm hoping this is well breadcrumb that isn't a massive retcon. Seems like an interv- in an interview, Esmail said that it was above the board and we would be able to find it all the clues on rewatch. I hope so, because if not, it could literally destroy the series' credibility. Yeah, and he knows that, Mm -hmm. and he's doubling down. So I think that he thinks he's got a real barn burner for us. The problem is, is so did the double Ds in Game of Thrones. Uh, So like... But he's gone through this before too. Like he he's gone through season two. He heard people's disappointment. Like I, I I think that if he thought it was going down that way, uh, he would be not doubling down. He would be playing this differently. But who knows? And I think it was a different scenario than season two. Season two, it felt like he was desperately trying not to reveal any information. Right. We know he has to reveal something by the end of this. Yeah. Uh, so probably not going to play out the same way. Uh, Seb just dropped a quick note to say they liked the touch of them having a snowman sitting besides Darlene and Elliot while they talked about their childhood, acting as a manifestation of their Kevin McAllister snowman. Would have been neat if they'd had Macaulay Culkin in the costume as a cameo for his one line, but that <laughs> might have been a bit too on the carrot nose. Or if he was sitting next to him with the head off under his arm or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, I honestly, it had been, if his, his muffled voice, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Um, are we sure it's not? <laughs> or if they just put bunny ears on the snowman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you don't know, Macaulay Culkin's been running a uh, podcast called Bunny Ears. Um, no, it would have been cool. It would have been cool to have that as a ca- cameo, but mm-hmm. uh, what are you going to do? It'd been cool to have Michael Fox, Michael J. Fox uh, cameo in season two, but yeah. what are you going to do? Uh, Mary Kay, in the last week's Mr. Robot podcast, you mentioned how small the TV viewership is. Wondering how big or what percentage of your audience listens to your robot podcast. Is there a decent following or do you find yourself doing it now because you enjoy it and want to finish the show? Uh, I think that we actually kind of committed to doing the show, not knowing what the audience size would be. Um, but since you sent the email, I actually, and I, I, and so because of that, I wasn't planning on looking at the audience statistics because, like, we kind of committed to doing it last season. Mm-hmm. You know, 
nothing good can come from looking at it. I actually did, and I was pleasantly surprised. It's yeah. like in the solid performer category mm-hmm. of, you know, it's hard to say because we've we've moved hosts. Our old hosts changed the way they calculated downloads in the middle of it. So, like, our stats for season one through two of Mr. Robot versus season three for Mr. Robot versus season four for Mr. Robot are, like, measuring in apples, oranges, and rutabaga. Yeah. Um, I will say that our rutabaga was twice as much as I was expecting to have. Damn. So we're two, <laughs> too we're, much we're, rutabaga. We got me. we got two bits of rutabaga encryption, and I'm 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 pretty happy with it. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, for me, it's like a little bit of all of that. It's like some obligation mm-hmm. uh, because we've covered three seasons of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, some excitement because I just want to see how this fucking thing ends. Sure. And some of it is, yeah, it's a pretty good show for us. Uh, and sometimes we get that like. It is a true fact that when we covered the last season of uh, The Leftovers, by every metric we had, we had 10%, one out of every 10 persons watching The Leftovers was listening to our podcast, which was super cool. Way beyond the normal ratio, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not that good, but it's it's a pleasant surprise. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sam says... What's his last name? uh, Anonymous. Hmm... Maybe maybe Sam E Corp. Could be. Not sure if you guys came across this, but when you were talking about Angela possibly being some kind of host or computer, I remembered how in the all safe offices one of the L's was missing, so it looked like it read AI safe. Not sure if this is some kind of hint. The, the artificial intelligence construct that is Angela is safe. Ha- we have, have received we... the coded message. The chickens are all in the pots. The eagles have all landed. The AIs are all safe. You got you. I can tell there's some wheels turning. I is it for a joke? Have we considered, or is it yes, for a theory? So it's, oh, okay, it's always okay. for a joke. <laughs> have we considered that potentially Elliot has a chip in his head with an AI, and that is the third? No, I have not considered that because there are two letters on that wall, and they are AI. Mm-hmm. There's also S A F E. There hey, could, I'm just trying to be as much of a crackpot as the sure. emailer was. I will say, here's, as here's, Sam without E-Corp a doubt, is. Without a doubt, there's been points in Elliot's life when he's had a chip in his head. I mean, who hasn't eaten a Dorito or That's true. a Ruffles? Please, so, please don't diminish my <laughs> my wonderful, beautiful I joke. I was trying to buttress it, frankly. It didn't seem like it was structurally <laughs> sound, okay? It's probably fair. Let's move on to Heather S. Please. Who is the third? My initial thought was the viewer friend, but they used the pronoun he, which is making me question. It seems like in this day and age, pronouns are important. Mm-hmm. Wondering what your theories might be. Yeah, but you're, you, know, you make we, a case for blurring of pronouns in this show. Yeah, and also, uh, but but the, so that's with individual people. I don't know how I would feel as an audience if I was reduced to a he. Like, it seems like 50% of the audience would be kind of like, hey, about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not more. So that's I, I forgot to talk about that as part of the me not liking the audience theory because that does seem um, careless and not in the sense of like, oh, White Rose is, is pretending to be this uh, this uh, uh, masculine um, secretary of whatever, cyber defense in China kind of way. It's more of just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, everybody's he, whatever. So I don't know. Uh, I think we covered. We, I think we covered the, he, the the theories though for you, Heather. Yep. Uh, Paul from Royal Oak, Michigan. In the preview for season four and in episode one, you both refer to Sam Esmail and Homeland. I know this is a nitpick, and I apologize yeah. in advance. But he had nothing to do with that train wreck that was Homeland. 
Obviously, you guys are referencing Homecoming. Yeah. I'm sorry if this comes across as dickish, but please know I mean it in the best possible way, and I'm a huge fan of you guys. Oh, you didn't even have to. You didn't have to excuse it, man. I just uh did you did you catch that i was making that mistake and just it amused you to let me no flounder? i think i made the mistake oh, did as you well too? yeah uh it, it's it's tough because they're such fucking generic names yeah and i'm like, primed to kind of get that shit backward like i uh i somehow stumbled across a one-star itunes review that i was really upset with me not telling angela and darlene apart like i just get their names confused i don't get the characters confused right. jesus yeah. so uh but uh yeah uh, thank you for the correction, Paul, because people definitely should check out Homecoming. It's one of the few 30-minute yeah. dramas I've ever seen, too. Mm -hmm. Like, that's usually a uh, comedy staple. But, you know, uh, it's fun to see that people... Playing with the format, this year has been interesting because there's been several shows that have, like, 10-minute episodes or 15-minute yeah. episodes. Minisodes, they're calling them. It's interesting to see people play with the formats of what television can and can't be. Uh, yeah, but th that show Homeworld has like uh, Bobby <laughs> Bobby Cannavale in it too, and, yeah. and that's no joke. I, yes, I intentionally fucked up the name. Homecoming uh -huh. has uh, Bobby Cannavale in it. Yeah, and he plays a similarly deranged and weird character. It's it's a really good show. Yeah, I saw the first half of the first season on your recommendation, and I stopped because I had lack of time. I'm definitely when I hear like rumors that season two is upon us, I'll definitely yeah. watch it. So because I, I would love to get on on the ground floor of season two. That's all the feedback we've got. If you'd like to send us more, please send it to robot at baldmove.com. Uh, I mean, frankly, we could use all the help we can get with us the, the understanding these theories and, mm -hmm. and and all that. And I I, I didn't get to everyone's theory because. Like I said, it's just impossible to read them all. Try to try to mm -hmm. find the ones that are best. It's the ones that we have time to fit. Uh, but I do appreciate and I do read everyone's feedback. Send it again, robot at baldmove.com. Forums.baldmove.com is where you can get in on a discussion with fellow fans. If you want to impress people, internet people, with your knowledge and win some valuable and coveted internet points, uh, do it there. And you can follow along with us on all the social medias at baldmove. We'll see when this third persona pays off, Jim. Uh, we'll do it next week, perhaps. Uh, until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.